Well, hello again. This is Pastor Brock coming back to try and record some of the end time sessions that we had on Wednesday evening that did not get recorded originally. Uh, so last time I uh, began with the topic of the rapture, and this is the second part, the second session of our Wednesday series. And the topic for today is the mark of the beast or 666. So let's go ahead and get started. And again, uh, some of the other formats on the podcast of our website, most of them are uh, were done in front of a uh, live audience, so to speak, uh, where we had our, our, our group in front of us and we interacted. And But uh, there were a few sessions that I did not uh, record and so that's what I'm doing here is going back and re-recording the topics that I missed. Obviously, just myself here, no interaction. But let's go ahead and get started with the topic, the Mark of the Beast 666. And please know that each week I do my best not to get too detailed, too bogged down. Um, I only give what I think is needed and what... Um, the mind can absorb in about a 45 to 50 minute session. Uh, What exactly have you heard regarding the mark of the beast or the 666? I'm sure the thoughts are uh, varied. Uh, For several years now, resources like the Left Behind books and movies, um, it's been taught that during the seven year tribulation period, anyone who remains here on earth must have the mark on their forehead or their hand or their wrist. This mark will be instituted by the Antichrist during the seven-year tribulation period. This is what has been taught. This is not what we believe, but this is a popular uh, theory that's being taught in our world today. And this mark, uh, basically the concept is without the mark, you will not be able to buy anything or sell anything during this seven-year tribulation period. Uh, you will not even be able to function, basically, in society. And this mark is the number 666. Rumors of computer chips implanted into people's skin have run rampant down through the years. This has made many to uh, see the number 666 as almost a taboo, uh, causing people to uh, stay away from that number like the plague. Um, if they just so happened to, uh, to uh, buy a house to where the street uh, and the house number on that street would be 666, they'll, they'll change the number just so they don't have it. If maybe there's 666 in someone's license plate, they'll ask for a different license number or phone numbers, etc. And people uh, tend to really freak out if they are associated with that number and not really even knowing what it's about. Um, But we need to understand that there are certain numbers in the Bible that always have um, uh, symbolic meanings. For example, the number one has always been a number associated with God. Uh, Three has been a number associated with Trinity. Uh, Four throughout the Bible can be seen as perhaps referring to the earth, uh, north, south, east, and west. The number seven is the number of uh, perfection, completeness. And if we look at the number six, we know that man was made on the sixth day. 
So the number six is symbolic for the number of man. So let's not forget that. But in order to study this, we need to go to Revelation chapter 13. I probably should have told you that up front. But if you want to follow along, take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 13. And as is the case with some of our other topics, uh, the topic that we're dealing with today, the Mark or the 666, is only mentioned one time in the Bible, and that's in Revelation 13. It's amazing how um, complete doctrines uh, can be formed out of just a little passage in one chapter of the Bible. But that's what has been done. Um, What I want to do, I would encourage you actually to just go ahead and read all of Revelation 13. Um, I'm not going to take the time to do that. Um, If you want, you can hit pause and just uh, go ahead and read the entire chapter. It's only 18 verses. I won't take up the time to do that now. When you have had a chance to read that, then maybe um, hit the play button. We can kind of pick up where we left off. Okay, repeating what I said last week, if we know that there is no such thing as a rapture, uh, no antichrist, no seven-year tribulation, uh, no battle of Armageddon as the premillennialists preach and teach, what should this tell us about the concept of the mark of the beast or 666 as is widely uh, being preached and taught today? Um, should tell us that much of what we hear is false, is just fiction, and it cannot be trusted. Now, I just want to do a quick review of some of the past symbols that we've seen in our studies. Based on uh, last week's study, or actually, this is in the series of Wednesday. Last week was um, um, me re-recording the topic on the rapture. I don't want to confuse us here. But in the order of what we did on Wednesday nights, um, the study before this, the Mark of the Beast, we studied the Battle of Armageddon. I don't have the date of that, and I don't know what part that was, but um, uh, the Battle of Armageddon is what I hit in this series. And today, this would be the next session. So based on our study of last week's Armageddon in Revelation 16, We know that when it talks about the dragon, that's a reference to paganism, which we know began in Rome. The beast is symbolic of papalism or the Catholic Church. And the false prophet is symbolic of Protestantism. Keep in mind that sometimes the Bible uses different symbols to describe the same thing. If you were to go to Daniel chapter 2, we see that... um, Daniel had the image, or actually, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had this image, and Daniel interpreted it, the image with the head of gold. That was uh, referencing the Babylonian Empire, the empire that King King Nebuchadnezzar himself was uh, king and ruled over. Uh, The chest and the arms of silver, that referred to the Persian Empire. The belly of thighs, uh, the belly and thighs of bronze, that was the Grecian Empire, and the legs and the feet of iron and clay, that was a reference to the Roman Empire. 47, year, 47 years after Daniel interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he himself had a dream in Daniel chapter 7. 
In his dream, he saw four beasts, which we believe refer to the same powerful world empire as what was listed in Daniel 2. Uh, Daniel talks about a lion with eagle's wings. That's uh, comparable to the head of gold or the Babylonian empire. Uh, the bear with three ribs in its mouth was equal or it's the same as the chest and the arms of silver, the Persian empire. And the leopard with four wings and four heads, that's the same as the belly and thighs of bronze, the Grecian empire. And the fourth beast with iron teeth with ten horns, that's the same as Daniel chapter 2 when it talks about the legs and the feet of iron and clay being the Roman empire. So, Contrary to our premillennialist friends, Revelation 13 cannot be referring to some futuristic seven-year tribulation period. Revelation 13 also says nothing about a rapture or an antichrist, but it does use terms we are familiar with. It uses terms such as dragon, which we know to be paganism, and the beast, which we know to be papalism. And based on this, we must assume that what is mentioned here is in reference to these false systems of the past, the present, and the future. Um, what I do want to do is just highlight a couple of verses in Revelation 13 and just give a brief breakdown as to what we think they are referring to. Um, I'm not going to go line by line, uh, but based on what we believe this is talking about, I just want to highlight a few things. Uh, verse 1 uh, talks about, let me just read that. Then I stood, this is Revelation 13, verse 1. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. So what might this be referring to? The seven heads, the ten horns, the ten crowns, and the blasphemous name. Well, Daniel 7.7 7, uh, refers to this. And you would have to go back and read that. Um, but we believe that Daniel 7.7 7 refers to the Roman Empire. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead and turn here with you. Um, go back to Daniel 7.7. 7. Let me just read this. After this, I saw in the night visions, again, this is Daniel, who he himself had a dream. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns." We believe that Daniel here is referring to the Roman Empire. Um, I'm not going to get into the exact meaning of the seven heads, the ten horns, the ten crowns, or the blasphemous name, but I merely want to relate how Revelation 13.1 um, corresponds with another passage of the Old Testament in Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. And there is a direct parallel uh, with both of these passages to the Roman Empire. Back to Revelation 13, verse 2. Let's read that. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Here it says that the dragon gave the beast its power. So if we just stop and think about what this might mean, we can break it down. 
what system existed before the beast or before papalism? We know that it was the dragon or paganism. We know that Constantine took pagan Rome and made Christianity the state religion, and it's out of this change that papalism was born, uh, that the Catholic Church got its start. So it would be true that the Roman, that Roman paganism, the dragon, gave papacy, the beast, its start and power. Verses 3 through 10 of Revelation 13 is just talking about the power and the influence that papalism would have. Now, let's talk about the actual meaning of the mark in 666. The Roman Catholic Church believes that there is one perpetual man chosen by God to be his voice on this earth. And we know that that person that they believe is the Pope. They call him the Holy Father, the Vicar of Christ, the Lord's representative here on earth, Lord God of the Universal Catholic Church. Uh, One of the things that I just described, one of the definitions or what they believe is the Vicar of Christ, the Pope is. Vicar simply means representative. So the popes of every age have promoted themselves to be God's representative here on earth, and they have promoted themselves to actually be worshipped. If you think about it, how do Catholics view and treat the pope today? Many, if they're able to even get close to him, will bow down to him. Uh, though I've even heard of people fainting in his presence. Uh, many uh, will kiss his hands, and if able, some have even kissed his feet. I want you to listen to what has been said of the, of the Pope down through the years. Pope Pius X declared, quote, The Pope is not simply the representative of Jesus Christ. On the contrary, he is Jesus Christ himself, under the veil of the flesh. Cardinal Giuseppe quoted this in the 19th century. Pope Pius IX said, quote, I alone am the successor of the apostles, the vicar of the Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life, End quote. Speaking of salvation, Pope John XXIII in 1958 said, quote, Into this fold of Jesus Christ no man may enter, unless he be led by the sovereign pontiff, and only if they be united to him can men be saved. End quote. Pope Boniface VIII said, quote, We declare, say, define, and pronounce that it is absolutely necessary for the salvation of every human creature to be subject to the Roman pontiff. End quote. In 1984, Pope John Paul II said, quote, don't go to God for forgiveness of sins. Come to me, end quote. Catherine of Siena, whose head is mummified and kept by the Roman Catholic Church, said this, quote, Even if the Pope were Satan incarnate, we ought not to raise up our heads against him, but calmly lie down to rest in his bosom. He who rebels against our Father is condemned to death. For that which we do to him, we do to Christ. We honor Christ if we honor the Pope. 
End quote. I think that you'll begin to see why Revelation 13 refers to, quote, the blasphemies coming from this beast, from this form of religion coming from papalism. Just some extraordinary quotes about uh, the Pope and what people have declared him to be. And we would say that it's nothing short than a blasphemy. The Pope's official title in Latin is Vicarious Filet Dei. The English translation of that is Vicar of the Son of God, or God's representative here on earth for the Son of God, and we've already talked about that. Now, um, as you know, Latin letters possess numerical va- uh, values. So I want us to look at the uh, word or the name, the Latin name for the Pope, Vicarious Filet Dei, and, and break down or um, um, e- equivalent or um, uh, give a number uh, to each letter of that name. Let's take the word vicarious and equate. I think I said equivalent. That's not a word. I just made it up. Um, but let's equate a number to each letter of this name. Let's take the first part, vicarious. V has a numerical value of 5. I is 1. C has the value of 100. A, there is no value. R, there is no value. Back to I has the value of 1. U has the value of 5. And S, there is no value. So that's the first part of that name, vicarious. Let's now go to fillet. F, there is no value. We're back to I, that has the value of 1. L has a value of 50. And I has the value of 1. And one more I, and fillet, has the value of 1. And the last part of the name is Dei, D-E-I. D has a value of 500. E there is no value, and back to the letter I has the value of 1. If you were to take up, um, take the, um, the sum of all of those numbers that we just talked about, the total of all numerical values add up to 666. So what does all of this mean? We feel that Revelation 13 and the mark of the beast, or 666, is speaking about the rise of the Roman Catholic Church and the Pope and how its systems and its rituals even spread into Protestantism. We believe the mark in 666 is symbolic and refers to not just one man of the Pope, but it refers to any man-made system of religion that exalts itself a man, a group of people, or a set of religious doctrines and teachings over and above God, over and above Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Anyone who exalts themselves above God or anyone who follows one who exalts themselves above God has the mark of the beast on them. Anyone who lives their life according to man's rules and ways has the mark of the beast upon their life. Don't miss that point. Remember, the number six is symbolic of man. And here, 666 condemns any man or system of man 
that exalts itself above God. Look at Revelation 13:15. It says, He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. This could include any and all Protestant denominations that veer away from the truth. What does it mean to be marked by something? We've often heard it said, he's a marked man or she's a marked woman. So this entire topic deals with a symbolic meaning. It could even be said that some mark themselves in the Protestant faith in the, um, by saying they're Baptist or they're Nazarene or Methodist or Lutheran or Catholic or Church of God. Instead, what should we say? We should say that we are believers and followers of Jesus Christ who just so happen to go to a Nazarene church or a Methodist church or a Church of God church or a Baptist church. Let me give a little bit of breakdown to Revelation 13, um, 11 through 18. Hold on, hold on one second and I'll be right back with you. Okay, breakdown of Revelation 13, 18, 11 through 18. When it talks about the right hand or the forehead, this could, this could be symbolic for anyone who shakes hands in agreement with a false doctrine or if they're agreeing with their head as they um, um, go up and down with the head, they any kind of an agreement with a false doctrine. Many churches today, many Protestant churches today, require their members to go through certain classes just to be a part of the church. I know Protestant churches, uh, some require that. Um, I know that the Catholic Church has catechism classes, all of which affects and impacts the mind, uh, which is behind the forehead, so to speak. Hebrews 8.10 speaks about the mind. You can look that up. Where it talks about one cannot buy and sell unless they have the mark. Remember, this is all symbolic in, in Revelation. If we were to look at Isaiah 55.1, this should remind us that it's spiritual and symbolic. Matter of fact, let's look at that. Isaiah 55.1. Isaiah 55.1 says, Ho, everyone who thirst, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. So this reminds us that it's spiritual and symbolic. Of course we know that Isaiah 55.1 is a symbolic and poetic in nature. Isaiah, Isaiah was obviously referring to the water and the bread of life which could be found only in Jesus Christ. Back to Revelation 13, verse 15. Speaks of killing anyone who does not follow or obey the image of the beast. According to historical facts, the papacy, the Catholic Church, reigned terror on society for more than a thousand years. All who would not bow to the popes or the church were branded, were branded as heretics, and burned at the stakes and other heinous manners. 
estimates report that 50 to 150 million people were killed during this time. This also extended into Protestantism. Lutherans and John Calvin had people killed for not declaring their allegiance to them. Bottom line, the mark is not a literal mark to be placed on the wrist or the forehead, but it is symbolic and spiritual in nature. Paul often warned the early church not to be led astray by false doctrines. And this is what we feel the mark of the beast, or 666, refers to. Again, any, any false teachings created by mankind or any system that sets man or a group of men above God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit and God's word. Anyone who is adhering to something like that has the mark of the beast upon their lives. Has 666. It's, it's the, the image of man. So that's uh, what we feel about the topic of the mark of the beast, 666. Again, uh, we encourage you to search the scriptures for yourself. Be like the Bereans who did not just simply take the word of the apostles, but they, it says that the Bereans searched the word intently to make sure that what they were saying was true. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. God bless you, and thank you for listening.